Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date Sunday, the 10th of September, 2023. Mistress, the alarm has been triggered. Really? Has it really? Yes, ma'am. The chrono event alarm. Oh, sorry, dear. Well, I can't hear you over that. Oh, what's the word? Alarm! Turn it off! Wow, that really, really does get your ears there. Greetings to you, I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, this is Big Finish, audiobooks, audio drama and this podcast, all for the love of stories. Bit of a switcheroo this week, last week I thought we'd be covering Gallifrey War Room 2 manoeuvres this week, but it swapped its position with Torchwood Dog Hop. More on that story later, in the meantime, boing, in a few moments... Benji and I will be discussing our heroes, if we have any. I mean, do we? Don't answer that. After that, it'll be time for the Good Review Guy, reviewing the reviews of Torchwood Dead Plates, featuring the terrifying Billis Manger, played by the late, great, much-missed Murray Melvin. Mind if I join in? Then we go behind the scenes with Once and Future 5, The Martian Invasion of Planetoid 50, featuring the Paternoster Gang, uh, released this Tuesday, the 12th of September, our epic 60th anniversary Doctor Who story, released monthly throughout this year, tantalisingly near its climax. My name is David Tennant, I play the Doctor. Following that, listeners' emails reveal their contents. Send the podcast to bigfinish.com. Thanks for all your lovely missives. Also available Torchwood Dog Hop released this Thursday the 14th of September and Andy Davidson brilliantly played by Tom Price has stumbled across the last proper pub on Cardiff Bay sticky carpets cut glass mirrors eccentric regulars and absolutely no food but there are booze hounds transplanted into real hounds compelling craziness guaranteed by writers Stuart Pringle and Lauren Mooney I'm Tom Price and I am playing Andy Davidson. Then the Randomoids Electrotron will once again be delivering a random release with a 25% discount skillfully attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. As always, we currently have no idea what it'll We currently have no idea what it'll be. So here's a clip Nick edited earlier. Every little action has a consequence. And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease, and this week it's from Once and Future 5, The Martian Invasion of Planetoid 50 by Jonathan Barnes and starring the Paternoster Gang, David Tennant and Michelle Gomez. I know! The machine is retreating. Do- Doctor, what's happening to you? Doctor? Uh, your face? Uh, So, last week, in the the behind-the-scenes segment concerning the Peter Davidson story in the night, starring Peter Davidson, sorry, Davison, it's Davison, it's Davison, all right? And the cast and production team were asked about their heroes. If you didn't hear it, go back a week and have a listen. It was fascinating. So, I thought Benji and I would join in a week late. Although I would say that Peter made a really good point, actually, Benji, and this was he he said, I'm not sure I have heroes. I have people I admire. He said, but I don't 
I don't think we should put people on pedestals. But then he did go on to name a couple of heroes. But I think he made, I think that's a good point, actually. When I thought about it, I thought, I sort of feel the same. There are people I respect and admire for certain things, but I, I don't actually say they're my heroes, apart from Dirk Maggs, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's v- very fair, to be honest. I think that, you know... The difference between people you admire. Well, I, I admire people for what they've done and their qualities and things in life. Heroes, I mean, how do you define what a hero is? You know, somebody who saves the day, in my opinion. But um, I don't know. I mean, there are people in my life, you know, my I admire greatly my my parents, my family, obviously, but that's, that's, where, that's the boring answer. But um, for me, I, I mean, the first person that springs to mind is um, Joe Strummer from The Clash. Just idolised him growing up. Um, uh-huh. Thought Just thought he was the coolest guy. Um, but also is a real kind of... Um, a bit of an activist. Kind of, you know, stood up for what is right. You know, especially in the 70s. Anti-racism. Real big. You know, he did the big Rock Against Racism campaign in uh, 1976. Um, I just thought as a, like, as a guy, as a front man of a band... They often have like responsibilities, you know, like like to inspire people. And I just thought he was so inspirational, yeah. just a cool guy. Um, so I guess I would say I admire him greatly. Um, but that's a really boring answer, isn't it? I meant to say something, you know, exciting, like, you know, who inspires you? I don't know. Uh, Rog Blake from Blake 7. There we go. That's more fun, isn't it? Well, you you can name sort of significant people like Aniram Bevan, you know, responsible for uh, NHS. Yeah, um, yeah. Although yeah. so many other people were uh, as well, though, you know, uh, and people who weren't not just Labour politicians, you know, the Beveridge Report and all that. I suppose in, in some ways, when you say about a hero, would that be something or somebody that you embody as an influencer in the way that you act in life perhaps you know when people say oh you know i know somebody whose hero is keith richards and they you know seem like a pretty cool cat you know and embodies i guess some of the kind of mannerisms and traits of that person so if you have a hero perhaps that is your you know i suppose for a lot of people especially when you meet them at conventions they say that the doctor is their hero and perhaps they embody certain traits and certain uh, mannerisms and ideas and qualities of the doctor perhaps I don't know whereas to say you admire somebody is to say well I, I respect what they've done do you see what the difference do you know what I mean in a particular context as well you don't know the whole story I mean like if you're talking about fictional heroes that's what I've been watching Dixon of Doc Green recently with Jack Warner <laughs> and Dixon is is a he he is brilliant. He's lovely. You know, you can always rely on Sergeant Dixon or PC Dixon as he was in the first place and Calator Dixon as he was in the final series. Yes, I know too much about Dixon of Doc Green. It's a great uh, program. I would say very calming, the, very calming. Yeah, I agree. The, um, the person who immediately sprung to mind completely illogically, and I know virtually nothing about him except that if I see his name on the credits of an old film... I think I'll I'll watch that because he's in it, and that's Jack Hawkins. And I now I don't know. I might it might be a horribly offensive thing to say because he might be known for all sorts of other things that I don't know about. But it and he was he was not the kind of actor who ever played anything except that screen persona. He was always that terribly solid guy, you know. And I just think it's uh, perhaps it's a coincidence, but Stephen Moffat looks a bit like him, <laughs> which I've I mentioned to you Stephen mean. before now. 
And he just, Stephen just goes, <laughs> he doesn't disagree with me about it. Let's put it that way. There are definite um, qualities um, there. But Jack, Jack Hawkins is so solid, wasn't he? He's just an amazing actor. And he's, and he's now, sorry, I've got uh, people here knocking a, a wall down and putting windows in. If you can hear some shouting in the background. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I can. You can always rely on Jack Hawkins. He's never messed it up. He's always done a good job. That's what I was would call a safe pair of hands. Somebody who you know that if you get them in to do the job, they will do the job just right. You know, and uh, I think yeah. that's pretty much proven by just the, the the sheer volume of his work. You know, a huge amount of films um, dating right back from 1930 uh, until uh, the 70s. Yeah. Latterly, he got um, throat cancer and couldn't speak anymore. And so Charles Gray used to dub his voice. That's quite cool. Because he had a similar quality. Yeah, and so he he made quite a living from that for a while. Uh, I like the idea that they they made that agreement in a pub, you know, sat down and said, all right, you you can do the voice. I'll give you a couple of these. There you go. Right, you know, how's that? I think in Waterloo, about the battle... Uh, in which Jack Hawkins plays General Picton. Um, I know too much. Uh, I think he's dubbed by someone else in that because it was an international movie, and you know they obviously the the Russian director must have selected someone else because he doesn't quite sound so good in that one. But yeah, it's clearly not Jack Hawkins' voice. I mean, I've been watching something recently which um, I'm really enjoying actually, and the main character. Of that, I would say, has great qualities, and that is, it's a really old um, show called Tombstone Territory. Um, let me oh. find out when it was um, when it was actually uh, 1957, and it has um, the the main sheriff in this western is called um, Sheriff Clay Hollister, which is played by an actor called Pat Conway, who was absolutely fantastic as an actor, just brilliant. Um, and he trained at the old Vic, actually. Um, and um, just just a brilliant actor. But the character of um, Clay Hollister, he's a sheriff, and he's obviously in the setting of the Wild West. But he really believes that the key to doing this is that you have to uphold the law 100%. No slip-ups, no favouritism, nothing. And so the, the show is brilliant because his whole thing is about, you know, saying to people... We have we have to have rules. We have to have order. We have to do things properly. We can't just we can't just decide that this is going to happen. There has to be a trial. Things have to be done properly. But the way in which he it's such a good show because he, he is such a good actor in it. But you can't help but but really believe in him and his moral. He's got such a strong moral compass in it. You think what a great what was his name role again? model. Uh, the actor um, was um, Pat Conway. He wasn't really known for a lot of roles. Um, this was kind of the thing that he did. Oh yeah, came from I've, quite have a big, seen, I have seen him. He came from like quite a, you know, the um, the MGM. Uh, he's the son of director uh, from Metro Goldwyn Mayer, uh, Jack Conway. So he comes from quite a kind of Hollywood family, but he never really got the breaks outside of this, and he 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 died really young. But um, when you watch it, you just think yeah. this guy could have been. He just had everything. He was in. He was in a great western with Adam West at one point, and he still every every scene he's in, he steals it straight away. You just think this guy 
But um, yeah, if you check out Tombstone Territory, if you like old old rubbish, but um, just great show and a great character, and it doesn't feel old and boring. You know, it's not like those old westerns that make you feel like you're you know off sick from school and it's the only thing that's on the telly. It's you know this the real <laughs> the real the real McCoy. He's also a very beautiful man, I'd say. I imagine yeah. he's quite charismatic. He's got a lot of charisma. Uh, he's a good actor, um, and yeah, he's just, just re- honestly, I, I deplore, you, I implore you to to watch it because um, yeah, don't deplore. I'm not going to deplore you. I'll implore you to watch it because I think it's just great telly. They're not long either. Well, we've come up with a couple of very uh, oddball names, haven't we? Really, we have. We've pulled them right out of the uh, the proverbial yeah. hat. Um, but you know, that's that's what this podcast is all about. I feel diminished in the face of, you know, uh, um, David Richardson and Ken Bentley and uh, Sarah Sutton and uh, Janet Fielding and Peter Davidson. Um, he, he, you know, they came up with all sorts of significant names, <laughs> but never mind. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's I think everybody has different things. It's it's in my opinion, it's quite easy to pull out really great people and say, they're superb but to deep dive into what you makes you think certain people are great individuals to you i think is is a individualistic thing isn't it and on that individualistic note um time for mm. our good review guide finding the latest positive comments about big finish productions to help recommend them for you and as promised, this week in, with the Good Review Guy, uh, we're looking at Torchwood Dead Plates. From Big Finish Productions. Torchwood Dead Plates. There you go, Gerald. Thank you, Beryl. Uh, a toast. Mind if I join in? Uh, not at all. Take a seat. Do I know you? Uh, perhaps. Billis Manger. Are we ready? We're ready. To our good friend, Miss Felicity Templeton, who is surely destined for a dazzling career on stage and screen. To flick. To flick. To flick. I wish you every success. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Is it all right, old chap? Would you like some water? Well, one moment. I, I, I... Ah! Mr. Manger? He's dead. What are we going to do? Hello, me again. Oh, Grace. You're over there. And you're dead. Yes. It would seem that someone poisoned my champagne. And it's not the first time I've been murdered this week. Big finish. For the love of stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type dead plates into the search pane at the top to find this one. And that's exactly what Alistair Stewart did at scifibulletin.com. Uh, Billis Manger is in no way someone you'd want to meet, but Murray Melvin and the rest of the cast and crew ensure that spending time with him is tremendous. Pitch black fun. And that's nine out of ten. Out of boo. Thank you, Alistair. Uh, and here he is. Yes. Warpfactor.com. Tony Filer. Yeah, he says, uh, well, what can we say? We, we've said everything that needs to be said about Tony Filer and his rich family uh, history 
you know, with his uh, father, Doctor Bill Who Filer, legend, yeah. fighting the the exiles. Billis feels like a freer agent here, but has still managed to get himself into trouble, which is why there are dead Billis mangers littering not only 70s London, but other times and places too. The, the demand we make is that this be explicable. But both Billis and to some extent Murray Melvin and David Llewellyn, too, the writer, chuckle mischievously at this demand. No, they say, we have no obligation to have it make sense for you, accept it on its own terms or not at all. And if you buy into it, if you do the deal and accept dead plates on its own terms, it will deliver you the highlight of your tortured year so far. Because a lot of big Finnish stars come into alignment here to give you an excellent, creepy, whimsical, murderous time. And that's a hell of a good way to spend an hour of your life while you have it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, nice bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk, Matt Steele says, Dead Plates is a well-rounded release, a bit like plates, um, with excellent <laughs> characterization from David Llewellyn, uh, which isn't particularly easy to do with such a large cast. Subtle direction by Lisa Bauman that keeps the story moving along at a good pace and an excellent cast of actors with Murray Melvin shining through as the cherry on the cake. It's a strong adventure filled with deliciously dark twists and turns and some laugh-out-loud moments. Nice, another one of our favourites here, blogtohoo.com, Peter Nolan. One half of the Nolan sisters, very famous for that (laughs) programme in 1984, which he said, putting the no in Nolan, where it goes around. I don't really know what that was all about. He just kept saying no to people, and they'd go around and say no. Um, I I didn't get it, but um, I appreciate the fact that... uh, the BBC kept it going for at least eight years, so it must have been quite popular. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Billis himself describes dead plates. No. <laughs> Billis himself <laughs> describes dead plates. I'm just waiting for it. As a locked room mystery, albeit one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, we're having quite a fun time here, folks. We're having a fun time here because Benji has got terrible internet today. So there is a two oh. second delay. And I'm not joking. There's a two second delay. So we're somehow managing to have this conversation. It's a bit like communicating with someone heading off into space, basically. It's terrible. It's like um, it's like on those old, you know, sort of. Oh, Nick said that. I'll reply. Oh, no, he's already moved on to the next bit now. OK, never mind. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yes, I don't know where I am. Uh, It's a lock room mystery, albeit one which plays fast and loose with the conventions. Uh, The same could be said of the conventions of Billis Major, of a Billis Major play too. There's frequently a sting in the tail of these stories. It's a planet, isn't it? Billis Major. Oh yeah, Billis Manger, sorry. (laughs) Two seconds late. There's frequently a sting in the tail of these stories, which even as uh, chatterly open about his evil intent as Billis tends to be, the final reveal is even more horrifying than he suggested, so much so that even when he promises this isn't some last-minute twist towards the end of Dead Place, it just makes you even more concerned for the safety of who he's talking to. Sorry, I sounded a little bit... I sounded a bit like Yogi Bear then, didn't I? (laughs) You did have a bit of Yogiism to you there. Um, Oh, boo-boo. Okay, Yogi. (laughs) <laughs> that was good as well, that second bit there. Oh, hey there, Yogi. Um, Yogi. Jaunty Matt 
says uh, I picked Dead Plates by uh, David Llewellyn uh, as my favourite big finish release from June and it was definitely a tough choice at the end of a great month the tortured monthlies never fail to be amazing well next week the good review guy will be reviewing the reviews of Doctor Who the seventh Doctor Adventures Silver and Ice not Silver and Ace 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 money uh, coming up soon listeners emails Torchwood Dog Hop and the Randomoid Selectatron but first let's go behind the scenes with this Tuesday's Doctor Who 60th anniversary release starring David Tennant and Michelle Gomez and the Paternoster Gang in a script by Jonathan Barnes and directed by the incomparable so we won't compare him to anyone Ken Bentley once and future the Martian invasion of Planetoid 50 my name is David Tennant I play the Doctor Hello, I'm Neve McIntosh and I play Madame Vastra. Hello, my name's Katrin Stewart and I play Jenny Flint. How nice to get to work with the Paternoster gang. What a treat. Yeah, I know, exactly. A retrieval. Yes, it's good. And yes, I mean, I suppose there's always a bit of a kind of hopeless getting a jump explaining how these characters either don't recognise each other or... <laughs> Aye. Or won't recognise each other when they next meet or whatever it has to be. But that's quite easily covered, isn't it? Yes, sci-fi. I mean, you worth can... <laughs> doing that, so we can all play together. Yes, and we haven't met. We haven't met your doctor before. Well, I no. Although apparently, hasn't. I was at your wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, we need an episode of that of the wedding. Yeah. My name is Hannah Genasius, and I'm playing Jessamy Moore. The appeal of doing this project was, I love Doctor Who. It was working with David and working with Michelle and working with all of these amazing established characters, but also. The character of Jessamy, I think she's I think she's quite cool. I think she's really interesting. But yeah, I think it's a I think it's a really exciting project to to be part of and I'm really, really honoured to have been asked. Oh it's nice, isn't it? It's yeah. Good fun. Yeah, it's yeah. What a treat. It's funny because we've recorded today without seeing each other. So yes. obviously I recognise David's voice because I've seen him in a lot and Neve's voice because I've worked with her. Um and Michelle Gomez's voice I is really like recognisable but it's funny not seeing people yes and yeah I feel like I know all these characters very well you know because I've watched them on the telly yeah yeah virtual recording has been quite a learning curve I'm in my wardrobe right now surrounded by soft furnishings it's involved having to get a bit sort of tech savvy which I'm I'm fine at normal like computer stuff I'm I'm quite good but not not necessarily combining the two together so that has been a bit tricky to to get my head around and I think I've had to learn quite quickly on the job as it were. Oh, we'll show a little gratitude. You know, I was only trying to help, you what? know, just doing my best. Yes. Oh, little missy. Stop it. Now come on. Come on. You stop. Come on. You stop. You stop. No, you Shh. stop. Enough. Ah, ah, mm. Zip. No. Stop it. She's bonkers. <laughs> She's bonkers. She's great, isn't she? Yeah. I loved all her improvisation. Yes. The trouble with not, because we're recording these remotely, of course, um, Michelle does quite a lot off the line, which is delightful, yeah. but it's hard to know when she's finished. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when to come in and how to. She yeah. sort of goes off on a little uh, yeah. on a little spiel, which is glorious, but you yeah. think, oh, it's my cue. I don't know if yeah. I, I don't want to spoil and this. How a couple of times it. I treaded on some comedy yeah. gold. It was nice imagining her in her room in New York doing it all. Having, yeah. It sounded like she was yeah. having a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite nice to be at home, but it's strange to have met actors just by voice and not, not have met them in real life, not have actually communicated with them 
like we could walk past each other in the street and I wouldn't know them, but if they said hello to me, then maybe I would know them because I might know their voice. That's a bit strange. And storytelling now in lockdown is probably more important than ever because it's about escapism, isn't it? And it's about painting a picture with your mind and finding somewhere else to be. And if you can't leave your living room, which is the right thing to do, we're, we're keeping ourselves safe and protecting others, more importantly. But at least you can leave through a story. Well, just go to bigfinish.com and type planetoid50, that's numerals five zero, uh, into the search pane at the top to locate this blast of Doctor Who loveliness. And remember, it's released this Tuesday, the 12th of September. Meanwhile, of course, it's time for... Listener's emails. That's right, and if you want to make a noise just as brilliant as Nick, you can, but you have to type it out. Um, send it to podcast at bigfinish.com. It's as simple as that. Get them in, folks. That's what David Stump did. Uh, subject to this one is Good Review Guy. I have listened to Prisoners of London, or as I like to call it, Adric's Revenge. Tegan goes to jail. Um, nicely done. Mm. Another great story by Matthew Waterhouse. 5.05 out of 5 stars. I think that's a compliment, Matthew. Uh, Matthew's first story, Watchers, is the benchmark with a solid 5 out of 5 stars. I really enjoyed it taking place in the time vortex and the characters in the story. I deducted the 0.05 stars from Prisoners of London. Hold on a minute. What? Excuse me. Um, only because I thought that the overall feel of the Watchers was larger in scope. Hold on a minute, though. You said you gave it 5.05 out of 5 stars. That's a plus 0.5, is it not? But but then he added 0.1. So he adds... That's, so he, that's, that's no, the but, next bit. I know it's the next bit, but initially he said 5.05 out of 5 stars. So then he's taking the 0.5 off to make it 5 stars. Is he? Yeah. And then... Well, so because he thought happens. the overall feel of the watchers was, la watchers was larger in scope. Then added a 0.1 stars because Tegan's mouth sends her straight to jail. Uh, put a smile on my face and she stayed there through the whole story. Somebody's phoning me and I'm going to hang up because it's nobody I know. Um... Uh, and it put a smile on my face as she stayed there the whole story. Well done. I'm glad Matthew teamed up with Big Finish uh, with two ends there. That that's must be the, the Finland branch of Big Finish. Uh, and I'm looking forward to this new offering. Thank you, David from Cornfield, Indiana. Um, sorry if I got a big confused uh, midway, a bit confused midway. I, that phone call just went right in my ears and threw me off. Um, so I, I guess it's actually now a 5.01. Uh, out of five stars which is still great um, David finishes off saying also looking forward to seeing the big Finnish gang at Chicago TARDIS for the anniversary celebration see you there that must be um, I wonder what the, the, the Finland equivalent of Nicholas Briggs would be we can only guess uh, we won't be there will we at, uh, no Chicago. we won't be there no, no we'll be at home pottering around probably Jason Hay-Gallery will be there, so that'd be nice. Now then, uh, Jonathan Kirk. Listening to the podcast is the title of Jonathan Kirk's uh, email. He's one of our favourites. Hello, Jonathan. 
Uh, we like to call him the captain. I'm enjoying my Sunday afternoon after church in the backyard or garden, as you would say in the UK, in my hammock listening to the podcast. And Benji said he loves pictures of podcast listeners listening to the podcast. So here is one of me right now. I pause the <laughs> podcast to type this email and you are about to answer a question about the costumes in Once and Future. I have wondered about this myself, so I'm going to listen to your answer, but I hope you are having a good day whenever you are reading this. Jonathan Jack W. Kirk. There he is in a hammock. Look. That very brave to be in a hammock. I couldn't do it. I, I, I just, I have no grace when it comes to things like that. So if you put me in a hammock, I, I just go straight out the other end of it. <laughs> It'd be like a conveyor belt. Well, that's what happened um, two two seconds after that photo was taken. I, I reckon that Jonathan twirled round like <laughs> like something from a Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> Boing. Uh, but um, it does look quite comfortable though. So fair play. Yeah, I. I'd just like to answer the thing about the costumes in Once and Future. I did check yeah. in with David Richardson, the producer, and he says it's all explained in the story. He said it's all there in the lines. It's absolutely there. So I think what we're saying is pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Beatrix is our final emailer of the day. Uh, there's no message subject, so I'm just going to go straight in there. Hi, Nick and Benji. Hi there. Um, Hi there. I've thoroughly enjoyed the last few months of releases, but I think my favourite has been May's The Ninth Doctor Adventures Pioneers, The Green Gift by Roy Gill, and it was such a wonderful story. I hope we see Callan and Doyle again someday. Uh, I had one question, if you can speak to it, about The War Doctor. With The War Doctor Begins coming to an end with Enemy Mine, uh, are there any plans to continue The War Doctor in another form? Perhaps a middle age taking place between Begins and the regular War Doctor sets, or even just a return to the regular War Doctor range? When I saw middle age there, I just imagined, you know, the War Doctor pottering around a greenhouse or something, or, you know, going on about uh, buying a new sweater. Um, I hope to hear more of Jonathan Carley. Or, or going mad and buying a sports car. Yeah, yeah, having having a midlife... That, that'd be a great story, wouldn't it? The War Doctor, midlife crisis. Um, instead of saving, saving the time war, it just, you know, goes and buys a timeshare in Greece. Um, anyway, regards, Beatrix. <laughs> Well, yes, uh, no details, but yes, he will be back. Of course, we love Jonathan. He's brilliant. And the War Doctor's great. So that's a nice answer to end on, isn't it? Yeah, that's it for the emails. More next week. Keep them coming. We love them. And don't forget, there'll be a drama teaser, Doctor Who, Once and Future, The Martian Invasion of Planetoid 50, at the end of this podcast. But first, time to join those booze hounds in Torchwood Dog Hop. With Tom Price's Andy Davidson on top form. I'm Tom Price and I am playing Andy Davidson. <laughs> oh, right on <laughs> cue. Oh, hello. Oh, you good boy. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, you start wagging. Oh, yeah, come on. Sit, go on. I am having all of the fun today. I love playing Andy Davidson for, for well, an adventure involving dogs. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? This is... This is the moment where the lines between me and Andy are finally uh, completely abolished, and I am Andy. 
just running around with dogs, which is what I do in my spare time. So the reason I got this gig today is because James Goss, the producer, insisted that I bring my new dog in. So if I didn't have this new dog, I wouldn't have got this job, which means my entire dog is now tax deductible. So HMRC, if you're listening, have that. Um, it's been amazing bringing her in. Uh, she has mixed beautifully with the cast. Uh, she's eaten loads of snacks. She's had a nap. She's left a mess. She is an actor to her core. Sitting there in her own filth. She's one of us. She might as well have trained at RADA. She's very, very needy. She has an agent. Um, she loves getting photographs taken. And uh, yeah, she's had a wonderful day. Lauren and Stuart have done an amazing job on this script. It is funny. It's snappy. It's interesting. It's surprising. I love the punchy little short lines that keep happening. It's really back and forth. It's great. I'm, I really, really enjoyed this one. Hello? Oh, who's this? Never mind her. How do I go about lodging a complaint? About the fence. About the pub. Hi, uh, my name's Stuart Pringle and I'm one of the co-writers on Dog Hop. And I'm Lauren Mooney and I'm the other co-writer of Dog Hop. And we're joined today by Phoebe, the lovely guest star in today's episode. <laughs> I guess Dog Hop all started when I used to run a small theatre in Islington. It was a pub theatre and working behind the bar of the pub theatre was a very keen Doctor Who fan named Tim Foley. And so we became quite good friends. And uh, one of the jokes that we sort of had while we were working in this strange pub theatre was that we thought that the landlord was swapping places with the dogs and we would uh, talk about it quite a lot. And really, I never thought it would find its way into anything uh, actually real. So You had a good crack been... over the years at working out what it might be. Yeah, I thought, realized yeah exactly. My agent was like, I don't think you're going to make a TV show out of Dog Hop. Dog Hop. Uh, and so it was quite was a gnarly wrong. old pub that was under the theatre and, the, and quite a sad old dog. Yeah, really. there was a sad old boxer dog who lived there mm. uh, and we thought that he was swapping places with the landlord and that was kind so of how much exactly the plot of this. It comes, I mean, I would say surprisingly for this story, perhaps more than some others, it's drawn directly from real life and it's completely true. It is true. And they were swapping places, of course, so you never found out Of course out they why. were, yeah, exactly, and Phoebe agrees. Do you remember that film with Jodie Foster? Jodie Foster? In dungarees, her and her mum switched places. No, i never seen it. Well, you're missing out. Anyway... That's what I think they're up to, calling the dog. Gotta love Tom Price. Awesome. And Andy Davidson. Uh, so much fun. It's amazing. Just go to bigfinish.com and type dog hop. Yeah, two words, D-O-G-H-O-P, with a space between, obviously. Into the search pane at the top to find this one. And remember, it's released this Thursday, the 14th of September. Well, coming up soon, we'll be giving you that 15-minute drama tease of The Martian Invasion of Planetoid 50, starring David Tennant and Michelle Gomez, out this Tuesday. But first, it's... The Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it! And oh, we got... have it in, folks. It's Doctor Who 8.2, uh, Companion Chronicles, The Alchemists. The Alchemists. Oh, lovely. And this has got uh, Caroline Ford in it. Yeah. And Wayne Forrester. I didn't realise uh, that Wayne did one that early for us. Amazing. What this is by Ian Potter. Here's the uh, trailer. Just by being in a place you have an impact, every little action has a consequence. Usually they're swept away, smoothed over, but sometimes you really can change history, and that's dangerous. Brings you to Berlin, Susan. Nightlife, the boys, the politics. Science. My grandfather wanted to see the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute. 
grandfather spun around, catching my eye as he disappeared into the car. I need to call the police. Are you sure? I'd worry about awkward questions if I were you. Foreigner new in town, rolling in money, straight in there with top scientists speaking suspiciously good German. Minutes later, a botched kidnap of their number one man. I'd wager they're more likely to see you as a problem than offer a solution. You don't want me dead. You wouldn't be so keen to drug me if you did. You want me alive. <laughs> True, but I'm quite happy to hurt you to get my way. A great deal if need be. I've bought more gold, Herr Strittmatter. I need your help. Back in the good old days, this was it. Did you work on this one? No. No. Music's no. by Jim Hamilton. I can't say I, I've heard of Jim Hamilton. Sound designed by Jim Hamilton. I don't remember. A Jim. No. How strange. Sorry, Jim. I'm not saying you're strange. I just Googled it. It's a rugby. Jim Ham- Hamilton's a rugby player for Rugby Union. Well, it's nice of him to have dropped in and done a bit of sound design. <laughs> I wonder whether, the, wonder whether the, the music sounds rather sporty. You know, that she steps out of the TARDIS <laughs> and you suddenly hear the match of the day theme or something. Jolly good. Uh, well, while I email uh, Jackie Emery, content manager at Big Finish, to inform her of our random selection so that she can set the offer live on the bigfinish.com website. Beautifully. Always grateful for that. Benji, why not reveal the top secret information about how to get the 25% discount? Shh. Discount? That would be the... Uh, inter- no, I said discount. Shh. <laughs> With a discount, this well, couch over here. Sit on this couch. Yes, it'll be the internet. It's all right though, because even if your internet's rubbish like mine is today, um, uh, you can still access BigFinish.com somehow. You just go to BigFinish.com. Once you're there, head to the podcast page. That's on the menu bar at the top. Once you're on the podcast page, you'll see the podcast in question. And next to a picture of myself and Nick, it'll say, read more in big friendly letters on a sort of red burgundy-ish sort of coloured box. Um, I am colourblind, so for all I know, it could be lime green. Um, (laughs) Once you get there, it says in text, it says, the Random Words Electron also features offering you a 25% reduction on the selective release. Just click here. He here and enter the code buck up that's b-u-c-k-u-p all capital letters no spaces nothing in between nothing afterwards nothing before just buck up enter that in you'll get your discount well recommended quite frankly um go enjoy a bit of uh, first doctor sort of action sort of you know sort of action sort of i um, knew you were gonna say sort of uh, what? bit of the old uh, sort of uh, yeah Wonderful work, Ran. As of now, uh, next week's podcast coming out on the 17th of September is called Rose Maneuvers because it features Rose Tyler, Dimension Cannon 3, Trapped, out on Tuesday the 19th of September, and Gallifrey War Room 2 Maneuvers. Sorry about the drill in the background here. I know Benji won't be able to hear it over Zoom, but I'm sure it'll come out on my mic. And that's out on Thursday the 21st of September. Let's hope it is. Let's hope it doesn't get delayed any further. Well, in the meantime, it only remains for me to say this, is that this edition of the Big Finish podcast, and probably all the rest of them, um, well, most of them, was presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs. And Nick also wrote, produced, and, get this right, edited it. (laughs) And of course, Benji and I did this for for the the love love of stories. stories. Yeah, that will require some editing to get it in sync. 
I tried to do, I tried to come in early then as well. Yeah, and I tried to come in late, so yeah. <laughs> cancel each other out. And finally on the Big Finish podcast, Doctor Who, Once and Future, The Martian Invasion of Planetoid 50, starring David Tennant and Michelle Gomez, written by Jonathan Barnes and directed by Ken Bentley. What's not to love? From the Journal of Miss Jessamy Moore, August 13th, 1898. It is over. The war against our people has been won and the invaders stand triumphant over a strange new world built by force upon the ashes of the old. The reconstruction of human civilization seems to me now nothing but a foolish pipe dream. Yet, there are rumors of resistance, whispers of stirring rebellion in Southwark. I shall soon leave Richmond and head east, for I must do something. All that I know for certain is this that when I make that perilous journey, I shall do so alone and unaided. <gasps> ah, good evening, madam. Please accept my apologies for disturbing your contemplation. I wonder if you might enlighten me as to where Precisely, I am. Excellent questions, young lady. Yes. Well, I think... Uh, I think I was looking for something. Hmm. Something which ought to be here. Hmm. But there's nothing and nobody here, save for me and all this weird vegetation. And that is what is so very puzzling. Yes. It's a puzzle. Hmm. Now tell me, Miss... Uh... Miss Jessamy Moore. I'm a journalist. Well, a pseudonymous one. J.G. Moore. Perhaps you've heard of me. Delighted to make your acquaintance, Miss Moore. I'm afraid I'm not familiar with your work, although I shall... Uh, what's the phrase? Ah, yes. Look you up at my earliest convenience. <laughs> you said you were looking for something. Have they sent you? You can be certain, Miss Moore, that I have not been sent by a they of any kind. In fact, I make it a point of principle to avoid such things. But before we go any further, I require you, please, to tell me exactly where and when we are. Hmm? Oh, you poor man. Have you hurt yourself? Are you injured? Well, as it happens, Miss Moore, no. I am not entirely as I ought to be. But I can assure you that I am in my perfect mind. My original mind, you might say. 
Now, come along, come along, come along. Our location, please. Hmm? This is London. England. What? It can't be. No. It, not England. And not the Earth. Not Earth? Well, according to my ship, this ought by rights to be an obscure body in the Carpellian system. A lifeless chunk of rock with a rather unpoetic name of, of, of Planetoid 50. <laughs> uh, uh, I cannot fathom your meaning. We are, without question, standing at the edge of the metropolis which I have known all my life. This, Doctor, is Kew Gardens, albeit changed mightily. This is Kew? This strange jungle? This weird conglomeration of plant life? This, this wild profusion of creepers and vines? Kew Gardens? Well, well yes. Incredible. Unconscionable. And the year? 1898, August. You don't remember? No. I simply will not accept it. Something is very wrong. And you have my word, Miss Moore, that I mean to find out precisely what it is. How many times? Milk before tea. you see what you've done, hmm? Burned out my screwdriver. This is why I hate having minions. Such a mess afterwards. Sweep them up, would you, dear? Yes, Mom. I'll fetch the brush. Oh, do stop this mom business. Makes me sound like an awful old harridan, which I am not. Use my special name? Yes, Missy. I have a special name for you, too, you know. I am Jenny Flint. And I call you Mrs. Green. Trust me, it's hilarious. Down to my last flunky. And I can't even kill you for... reasons. Mistress, the alarm has been triggered. Really? Has it really? Yes, ma'am. The chrono event alarm. Well, sorry, dear. Well, I can't hear you over that. Oh, what's the word? Alarm! Turn it off! Wow, that really, really does get your ears there. My ears are bleeding. Well, which one is it? I mean, there's so many, I lose track. The time ship alarm. The TARDIS alarm. Ah, so he's made it. Doctor, what are you doing? These plants are not terrestrial. They have... they have no... no business on Earth. And Planetoid 50 is, I believe, entirely free of organic life. Wherever we are, this red weed is an anachronism, Miss Moore. But it's everywhere now. The city's choked with it. This horrible, lurid material? All over London? It cannot be so. It's my hypothesis that it came in their ships. Perhaps as crops of some kind? Perhaps England has been seeded with whatever dark fruits swarm and multiply across their homeland. Miss Moore, Miss Moore, who exactly are they? Hmm? Well, the invaders. Those 
strange visitors who crawled from their cylinders on Horsall Common and who swept aside the might of our empire with as little care as a child with her toys. Indeed. And, uh, do they have a name? These uninvited tyrants, hmm? Well, they're Martians. Martians? You mean to say you believe them to have come from the, the planet Mars? Do, do you not recall the gas eruptions on the Red Planet in the days before their arrival? They calculated their descent with amazing subtlety. Their mathematical learning is far in excess of ours. I certainly know of Martians, but... But they are tall, green, reptilian creatures. No, Doctor. These aggressors are of quite a different order. Is that so? Hmm. Hmm. Red weed. Invaders from Mars. I do not care for it, Miss Moore. I do not care for it at all. Somebody's meddling. Interfering with the established order of space and time. How long? since the invasion began, hmm? Eight days. Eight days. Five since the irrefutable Martian victory. Five. And, uh, what precisely were you doing here, hmm? Hiding, sir. I've not seen another soul for ages. This is a deserted city. But I hear that a resistance is gathering. Ah, well. They may have answers to this mystery, yes. Where is the resistance, child? Southwark. Southwark. Hmm. I was resting here to steal myself for the journey. I must pass through Martian territory alone. You are no longer alone, my dear. And uh, we shall not be going by foot. You mean to bicycle? Good gracious me, no. Bicycle. <laughs> no. I mean to use my ship. Your... Uh, my blue box by the gates, child. It can take us anywhere we want to go. Ah. Uh... I don't believe I understand you. I don't believe you do, my dear, but uh, permit me to show you. Hmm? This way. <laughs> Mistress, if you'll forgive me saying, you seem troubled. Really? Insolent girl. Forgive me, I didn't mean anything. No, 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 sweet. Sweet little thing. I, I shouldn't have snapped. You know, whenever he arrives, I get such a rush of excitement, anticipation, and uh, I gouging rage. All at once, it's quite a ride. Who are you talking about, mistress? I wanted to see him. He'll be figuring things out step by step, making deductions left, right and centre, but everything's kaput. I, I just wanted to see which face he's wearing. Which face? Well, you know, happy, grumpy, dozy, beaky, mick or titch. He'll be, he'll be wondering if it's possibly true that this time I, I really, really do want to help him. Do you? Yeah, well, you know, among other things. Still, he'll get my surprise soon enough. What do we do, mistress? Do we wait? I used to be good at slow-motion villainy. Yeah, I could lay in wait for years. Statue, scarecrow, street mime. Yeah, I did all the classics. Well, maybe not street mime. I do have standards, but those days are gone, and maybe they have not happened yet. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell at the moment. 
I don't really catch your meaning, Mom. I know. I'm too much for your tiny human brain, like a dried pea trying to comprehend a supernova. I used to be put together quite differently. You'd hardly recognize me. Do you have instructions, mistress? Good little bee brain. Yes, yes, I do. Fetch all the spare parts you can find from my TARDIS. There's a transmat in my bric-a-bac box. Pass the bins under the stairs next to the heads of state of the Jebnax Federation. Yes, the actual heads. What a morning that was. Oh, God, that was good. Yes, Missy. At once, Missy. Then come find me. I'll be in the reptile house. Now, once we're inside, my dear, I shall be able to make sense of all this. <laughs> but it's just a box. Ah. Appearances are frequently deceiving. Much like this decidedly peculiar place, my ship is not entirely as it appears to be. And no. Wait! Doctor, wait! Goodness me, young lady. Whatever is that? Some piece of machinery, is it? Some some, some great engine? It's them! Doctor, Doctor, it's the Martians! We need to take cover. If it catches us out in the open... Oh, nonsense! It's not much further to my ship. I can see it. Doctor, please! It's coming! Remain here, my dear. It is time I knew precisely what it is we are dealing with. Good gracious. Now you, sir, are quite a sight. Doctor, watch out! Remarkable. It, it appears very much as though it's preparing to use its heat ray. Well, get back here, for goodness sake. Or is it? I wonder. I sense a familiar tang of energy. Could it be something else? I can't. Oh dear me. This would seem that the future is approaching at some considerable speed. The machine is retreating. Do Doctor, what's happening to you? Doctor? Uh, your uh, Unexpected. Ooh, new. Mm, everything. Really? Mm. Ah, now, you're Jessamy Moore. Yes, but who are you? Oh, I'm still me, just a more advanced model. Your face, your clothes, you're an entirely different man. Ah, uh, well, uh, well, I'm a complicated space-time event, Jessamy. More complicated than usual right now. You're just seeing the front end. Though I don't remember this suit. Oh, that, hmm. Natty. But you are still the doctor. Oh, yes! <sighs> Hello, down in the cheap seats. I hope you're decent. At last, you deign to visit me. How long have I been in chains, you Caledonian jackanapes? Shall we not do this? Big finish. 
for the love of stories.